John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. I want you to take your Bibles, if you will, please. And as I mentioned earlier, every fifth Sunday, we have an observed communion. Typically, we dismiss our children to Children's Church, uh, but we're going to keep them in here today on the fifth Sunday. So I want you to look, if you will, on, in your Bibles in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, in verse 23 and following. I just want to, I told them earlier, I'm not really preaching but I don't know that I can really get by without doing something. And uh, so I want to share a little bit of God's Word with you around the subject of what we're going to be partaking of this morning. What a blessing. What a tremendous blessing it is for us as a body of believers, a body of believers to be able to come together and remember, remember the Lord Jesus Christ and Him suffering on the cross and the blood that was shed and for the sins of the entire world and my sins in particular and your sins in particular. Christ died for that. But I think in order to understand and not maybe possibly forfeit the blessing, I think there's some things we need to understand. Actually, about three or four things that we must do in order for the Lord's Supper, the communion, to be a blessing to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse number 23, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He's writing to a local church, a body of believers that have assembled together, just as we are today. And he says this in verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself, and in this way he should eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. And then he explains in verse 30, this is why many are sick and ill among you. And many have fallen asleep. That phrase means that many have died. In verse 31, and if we properly evaluate ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are disciplined by the Lord so that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word this morning. I want to share with you about three or four things real quickly before we serve communion this morning about how partaking of communion can be a tremendous blessing in our life. 
Whenever we practice communion, partake of communion, there's a few things I want you to remember. If you want to take some notes, jot a few things down. I want you to jot down these short phrases. Number one, we must look back. I want you to look, if you will, in verse 23 through 26a. The Apostle Paul's telling the church at Corinth, for I received, I received a message. I received a pattern. I, re- I received a procedure from the Lord. I received this from the Lord. And I'm passing it on to you. Look what he says in verse 24. That after he gave thanks, he broke the bread and he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then in the same way, in verse 25, he took the cup and after supper he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Key phrase, do this in remembrance of me. So whenever we come together as a body of believers and we observe communion, the Lord's Supper, the very first thing that we should do is look back. And we're not looking back to yesterday or last year or last month or the last generation. We're looking all the way back to the cross at Calvary. We're looking all the way back to the body of our Lord Savior that was broken for the sins of the world. We're looking all the way back to the cross where the blood of our Lord and Savior was shed for the sins of the world. So whenever we come together to observe communion, church, I want you to realize that what we are partaking of is symbolic of the body of Christ that was broken and the blood that was shed for the remission of sin. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Guys, I tell you, you can't get saved. You can't be born again. You can't get to heaven just by trying to be a good person. You can't do all of that just by being a church member, not even simply by being baptized or taking communion. You must be born again and washed in the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that he shed on Calvary. And the church should say amen right there, huh? It's a look back. And whenever we gather together, we're looking back to the cross and we're remembering who paid the high price for our sin, who purchased us. We're not our own. We've been purchased. We've been bought. We've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's why we can gather together. And that's why we can lift up holy hands and lift up our hearts and our voices and sing, Worthy is the Lamb, because He's the one that paid the supreme sacrifice. So for communion to be a blessing, we must look back to the cross. But that's not all. I think also, according to the latter part of verse number 26, we must look ahead. Look what it says in verse 26. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. That's looking back. For how long? Until he comes. Church, I got a question for you. How long are we to be observing communion? Until he comes. Hello? You know what that's teaching us every time we gather together as a body of believers? Yes, we're looking back to the cross, but that's not it, guys. I mean, that's not, that's not the the conclusion of the whole story. You see, we're to look ahead. Yes, we look back, but we also look ahead. We look ahead to the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is coming again for His church. i got good news for you today. You may have some financial problems with the economy like it is today. You may have some health problems with your body breaking down like my aunt, mine is at 47. And I shared a little story last week with you. I'm feeling some of the aches and pains of a body that's getting a little bit older. i got good news. Jesus is coming again. Amen? You may get wearied and tired with all the politics and everything that's going on in Washington, D.C. You may get weary and tired with all the sin that's rampant in our community and around the world. You may grow weary with just seeing the wickedness all around. But I've got good news. He is coming again. Amen? 
And the church ought to get excited about that. And we ought to be looking forward to that. And we should look ahead for His blessed coming, the day when He's going to split the eastern skies, and those that have died in Christ are going to be resurrected and be reunited with their soul. Those that are alive are going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye, and forever we will go and be with the Lord. That's almost enough to make an Episcopalian shout just a little bit. Yes, whenever we come together for communion, we do look back to the cross. But friends, there's something else we do. We look ahead to His coming. Boy, I'm looking forward to the coming of the Lord. I'm looking forward to the coming of that day. Some may be looking forward to election. Well, I'm kind of looking forward to that too. Hello? But I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to more than anything. That's the day when I'll get to be with the Lord in heaven. When I'll get to be with Him and have a glorified body such as our Lord's. Hello? No more sickness, no more pain, no more death, no more crying, no more tears, no more separation. Forever and ever and ever. Can you think about that homecoming, what it's going to be in heaven? Many of you have got loved ones, and I even have loved ones that have passed away and gone on. You know what? There's going to be a heaven in heaven, a glad reunion day. When we assemble together with those saints of God that have died in the past and gone on to be with the Lord. Whenever we come together for communion, yes, we look back, but that's not all we do. We also look ahead because He's coming, church. He's coming, by the way, He's coming for His bride. And by the way, just because you're living and breathing doesn't make you part of the bride of Christ. You must be born again. I've heard people say that, well, we are all God's children. Mm -mm. The only way you can become, the only way physically you can become, I only have two children. You know how they, I got those two children, they were born into our family. They were born. And the only way we can be part of God's family is to be born again into the family of God. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, the Lord Jesus said, ye must be born again. There's a divine imperative on the regeneration that must take place in your heart. And that takes place at the cross. I told you I'm not going to preach long. i got to let that go. It's a look back at the cross. It's a look ahead to the second coming of the Lord Jesus. But church, it doesn't stop there. I want you to look in verse 27. This is the instruction that Paul gave the church at Corinth. I believe also there's a look within. We look back to the cross. We look ahead to His coming. We look within. Look at verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord... In an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. Therefore, in verse number 28, so a man should examine himself. And in this way, he should eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Now notice the warning in verse number 29. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body. In other words, without doing an inventory in your heart and in your life. Verse 29, for whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. And Paul is saying in verse number 30, this is why many are sick and ill. And he goes on to say, this is why many have died or fallen asleep. Paul, what are you talking about? He's talking about those people that have come to the Lord's table and they've been partaking of the Lord's table with unconfessed sin in their hearts and in their lives and just eating it like it's another meal. They haven't examined their self. And for that reason, judgment begins at the house of God and it begins with those individuals that come and partake of communion without repenting of their sin. And Paul is saying, some of you are sick because of this. Some of you are ill because of this. Some of you or some of them have even died because of this. 
Guys, let me tell you something. I don't believe I would do justice to the word of God if I allowed you to come to the table half-heartedly. We must have a divine reverence for the word of God. We must have a divine reverence for the sacraments of God, for the ordinance of God, for the communion that we take when we eat his body or we eat the bread, which is a symbol of his body, and we drink the juice, which is symbolic of his blood. We must, first of all, look within. Yes, we look back. And yes, we look ahead. But we must also look within. You see, I'm pretty passionate about this. Because on November the 11th in 1977, as a 13-year-old boy, this is how I got saved. I heard the message preached by my youth pastor. And there were several hundred in our youth group. And we were gathered together on a Sunday evening worship service just for the teenagers. And our youth pastor served communion to us. And he made us search our hearts and he preached this message with power and conviction. And I realized then that as a 13-year-old boy, I'd spent all Sunday afternoon in the front lawn of our church playing football with the guys. The girls were gathered in the gym and they were playing volleyball and singing different songs. And the guys were all out front and we were playing football. But you know what? I never saw myself separate from the youth group. I never saw myself separated from those teenagers One of my best friends was the pastor's son. His name is Chris Folk. And I remember sitting beside Chris after we had come in from playing football. And the youth pastor gave the plea for those that have accepted Christ to start filling up the front of the auditorium from the front row back. Granted, at that time, we were too cool to get too close to the front, so we were at the back of the church. You teenagers know what I'm talking about. Maybe your parents know exactly what I'm talking about. And I remember sitting back there with my buddies and... We had grass-stained blue jeans on from playing football in the front yard of the church all Sunday afternoon. There was a little burger hut, and that was the name of it, down beside the church. And I remember after playing football, we all went down there and got us a burger and a soda. And then we went back to youth group, and they're sitting in church in my grass-stained blue jeans in the back row by my best friend and my buddies. I saw them one at a time get up and go to the front. At that time, I'm looking within. And I realized for the very first time that there was something different between me and my buddies in the youth group. Many of them were saved. They had trusted Jesus as their Savior. They had been born again. I had not. I had gone through all the motions. I traveled with our church youth choir. We did a, that summer, we did a uh, mission trip to New Jersey. Went and did backyard Bible clubs all through New Jersey. Went over into New York. We sang in the park and with our youth group and went on mission trips. I did all this stuff with our church. But I wasn't saved. For the very first time on November the 11th, 1977, thank God to a youth pastor that preached the gospel. I came to him and I came to the front. He said, by the way, for those that are sitting in the back and you've not made your way to the front, before we take communion, I want to give you a chance. To receive Christ as your Savior. It's not by doing good works. It's not by being a church member. It's not by being a part of this youth group, he said. It's by being born again and trusting Christ as your Savior. Boy, I remember, just like it was yesterday, it's so clear. I got up and I went to the front. And my best friend's brother, his name is Mark Folk, the pastor's son. I came and knelt at the front. He came and knelt. He was a college student that worked in our youth ministry. 
And he was away at college, and he was home that weekend, and he came and he led me to Christ right there at the altar. And I tell you, I hadn't been perfect since then, but I haven't been the same since then. Something happened. If you're here this morning, you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and your Savior. We're going to observe communion, and we're going to celebrate when we do it. What a, what a privilege it is. But the only way it can be a blessing to you and not a curse is, yes, when you look within. Have you looked within? I wonder, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, there's probably two or three more points I could cover, but I'm going to stop right there. Whenever we share communion, yes, we look back to the cross. Yes, we look ahead to his second coming. But we also look within, and we look into our hearts and our lives. And let me ask you a question. If you're here today, and you've never accepted Christ Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to give you a wonderful privilege and invitation right there where you are. I'm not going to require you to come up front, but right sitting, right where you are, will you just simply pray a prayer like this? Say, Dear God, I look within my heart and my life, and I'm looking within as your word tells us to do. And God, I realize that I've got sin that is there. And I pray, dear God, you'd forgive me of my sins. And I want to accept you as my personal Lord and Savior today. I believe you came and you lived a sinless life, Jesus. And I believe you died on the cross and you were buried and you rose again the third day. And and I don't really understand all of that, but I believe that. I believe you are the Son of God. And right now, with the most faith I can muster it up, and as sincere as I know how to be, God, right now, I pray you'd forgive me of my sins. You'd come into my heart and into my life and become my Lord, become my Savior. God, I want to be born again today. I invite you into my life this morning. Maybe you're here today and as heads are still bowed, eyes closed. and You've already prayed that prayer. You're a believer. You've accepted Christ as your Savior. But guys, we are also commanded to look within, examine ourselves. And if there's any unconfessed or unrepented sin, anything in our hearts and our lives that would not be pleasing to our Lord, I want to ask you right now to ask for forgiveness. And boy, thank God for 1 John 1, 9. That's in the Bible and it says if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's for every single one of us as we examine our hearts and our lives. We realize that, that we've sinned. Father, right now we pray. And we ask you, God, to forgive us, to cleanse us, search our hearts, oh God. If there's anything in our lives that's not pleasing unto you, I pray right now that, that you would do something that's really not popular in our world today. God, you'd convict us. Convict us and draw us to you. Cleanse our hearts, oh God. Forgive us of our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask our deacons, if they will, please, to come to the table and prepare the table. And typically, we do this many different ways. Today, we're going to serve you. Uh, I told our men this morning, I just think it's appropriate today to serve you. Sometimes we have you get up and come around the table as families, but today, just sit there. and We will serve you. We'll serve you, first of all, the bread, and then we'll partake of the bread together. And then we will serve you the, the cup, and then we will partake of the cup together. Now, now let me say this before. You don't have to be a member of Victory Church to partake of communion. If you're here today and you're not part of our Victory Church, I want you to know that's okay. But you must be part of the family of God. You must have prayed in your heart and in your spirit and your soul 
to be born again and accept Christ as your Savior. So we don't practice closed communion. We practice open communion to the body of, of Christ, the greater body of Christ. So if you're here today, I want you to feel free. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, I want you to feel free, whether you're part of our church family or not. I want you to feel free to partake of communion. Can you imagine, if you will, that evening in the upper room when the Lord was assembled there with the disciples? And at the evening meal, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And he blessed it. And he said, when you eat of it, remember me. So church, today as we partake of the element of the bread. Let's remember the body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that was broken for the sins of the world. Let's eat. We prepare to take the cup. word of God says in the same way he also took the cup and after supper he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me so may we drink the cup today in remembrance of the blood of our Lord and Savior that was shed for the sins of the world and all God's people said amen Thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life, if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.